Welcome to News Kids. I'm Rose. And I'm Zara. And together we're presenting this weekly podcast about what's going on in our world today. Each week we cover top stories across world news, politics, science, technology, entertainment and arts. Welcome back to News Kids. Rose and I have had an unusual spring break and an unusual return to school. This week, our main story is about the continuing spread of coronavirus around the world and the impact that it is having on all of us and also on the environment. We also talk about April Fool's Day and International Children's Book Day. All major news headlines everywhere over the last couple of weeks have been focused on the rapid spread of coronavirus. When Rose and I first reported on COVID-19 and the impact it was having on China, we, like everyone else, had no idea that this virus would become a pandemic and would end up affecting the lives of everyone across the world. China first informed the World Health Organization about the coronavirus on the 31st of December. And since then, there have been more than 1 million cases and more than 51,000 deaths. Many countries across the world are now imposing restrictions on their populations to try and stop the spread of the virus. And many countries have closed their borders to everyone other than their own citizens. Everyone is being told to practice social distancing, which means that people have to stay away from others at least two metres away. Here in the UAE, early steps were taken with the closure of schools. This was then followed by the closure of all restaurants and shops, other than supermarkets and pharmacies and residents, being told to only go out if it is absolutely necessary. There are now fines in place for people making trips that are not considered to be essential. There has also been a national sterilisation drive to disinfect the city. Initially, all residents had to stay at home between 8pm and 6am whilst the disinfection took place but this has now been extended on a 24-hour basis until the 18th of April. We've also been told in the UAE that all All schools and universities will remain closed for the summer term and everyone will continue their education by distance learning. This seems to be the case in many countries across the world. The UN estimates that about 87% of these enrolled in education around the world have been affected by school and college closures. In the UK, a different approach was initially taken and the government avoided closing schools or putting any other restrictions on the public for a long time. Recently, however, the Prime Minister, who is now himself suffering with the COVID-19, announced new rules which meant that people can only leave their houses for essential shopping or to do exercise once a day. As in the UAE, only supermarkets and pharmacies are open. There have been lots of problems in the UK with people stockpiling supplies and people being unable to actually buy food from the supermarkets because others have bought a lot more than they needed. Lots of sporting events have been postponed and lots of businesses are struggling to pay their employees because they have had to close. The World Health Organization is asking countries to test people as much as possible to find out who is infected. 
South Korea is the country that has tested the most people. Other countries who have tested fewer people and are now trying to increase testing. There is still no vaccine or medicine available to treat the virus, but lots of scientists are working hard to develop one. So, in the meantime, we have to carry on washing our hands and avoiding contact with people other than those who we live with. How are you finding living in lockdown, Rose? Well, Zara, it's an unusual experience for me, but even though I'm not seeing my friends, I love seeing my family, which is not something I always get to do. How about you, Zara? Well, it wasn't too bad at first, but I'm finding it a little bit boring now because we are in the house all day. And although I'm enjoying spending time with my family, I really, really miss my friends and teachers at school and all the activities that I used to do. This definitely makes me appreciate all the things I did before the coronavirus. What about remote schooling, Rose? The teachers are really nice during homeschool, and for some reason, everyone is more focused during homeschool. But it's still not the same as normal school. I'm finding that it's fine. I'm glad we're having it. I'm actually really busy all day, and I really like seeing videos or hearing voice notes from my teachers and getting feedback on the work. I'm doing, and my teachers have been so quick at giving us all feedback on work we have done or answering our questions. I still really wish I could just press fast forward and go back to the actual school, though. Hi, it's Rose here. So, in other big news this week, the UK's second largest political party, the Labour Party, finally announced its new leader following the resignation of Jeremy Corbyn after last year's general election defeat. After weeks of debates and voting, Sir Keir Starmer was elected as Labour Party leader with 56.2% of the vote, beating other finalists Rebecca Long Bailey and Lisa Nandy. He had been the favourite to win from the start. During the leadership race, he pledged to unite the Labour Party and also retain the radicalism of the last four years. Sakia's first task will be to lead Labour's response to the coronavirus emergency, and he has accepted an invitation to take part in cross-party talks with the Prime Minister and the government's top scientific advisers next week to work together. On the crisis, in an article in this week's Sunday Times, Sakia criticised the government's response to the virus, asking why the UK was so far behind other countries on testing people for COVID-19, and why NHS staff appear to not have enough protective clothing and equipment. He also called for a national vaccine program and for the government to announce its exit strategy from the lockdown. Onto a little bit of positive news. Earlier this week, researchers in New York told the BBC that their results showed that carbon monoxide, which is emitted mostly from cars, has been reduced by nearly 50% compared with the last year. There has also been a significant fall in nitrogen dioxide emissions in both China and northern Italy due to reduced car journeys and industrial activity. Nitrogen dioxide is an air pollutant that also indirectly contributes to global warming. 
air travel has also ground to a halt and lots of people are working from home so it's likely that a lot of emissions across many countries will reduce. Air pollution has also been reported to be falling in many UK cities as a result of lockdown measures. Experts all agree that we are likely to see a reduction in emissions and are watching the behaviour of all the, of the different pollutants very closely. In the UK, the chairman of the Environmental Audit Committee, Philip Dunn, said coronavirus is not only having an unprecedented impact on how we live our lives, but also how pollution levels around the world are falling as a result of the global shutdown. The government has committed to a low carbon future and the Environmental Audit Committee will look to explore how we can avoid going straight back to dangerous levels of pollution once this is all over. On another positive note, did you remember April Fool's Day earlier this week? I certainly did. On April Fool's Day, people play tricks on their family and friends. Did you know that April Fool's Day has been celebrated for centuries, but there are lots of theories about where it came from. Some historians think that the tradition started because of events in the calendar. In 1563, France switched from the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar. In the Julian calendar, the new year began with a spring equinox around the 1st of April. People who were slow to get the news or failed to recognise that the start of the new year had moved to the 1st of January became the target of jokes and pranks and were called April Fools. These pranks included having paper fish put on their bag and being referred to as poisson d'avril, which means April fish in French, and symbolised a young, easily caught fish and a gullible person. This also explains why it is known as April Fish Day in some parts of Europe, and it's still a common trick in France and some other European countries to attach a paper fish to somebody's bag on April Fool's Day. Other historians have linked April Fool's Day to a festival which was celebrated in ancient Rome at the end of March, which involved people dressing up in disguises and mocking fellow citizens. Nobody knows for certain exactly when or where April Fool's Day started, but we do know that it's been around for a long time. Did you play any pranks on your family this April Fool's Day, Rose? Yes, Sarah, I did play a prank on my family, but only one. I pretended to know it wasn't April Fool's Day and a trickster. Thank you for that piece, Zara. Did you know that on the following day, April the 2nd, it was International Children's Book Day? The day aims to recognise the power of reading and the very important role that books play in the development and education of children. It has been organised every year since 1967 by the International Board on Books for Young People, also known as the IBBY, which was founded in Zurich, Switzerland and has about 70 member countries called national sections. Each year, one of these national sections is chosen to be the national sponsor of the International Children's Book Day. And the sponsor has the responsibility of choosing a theme for the day. Slovenia is the sponsor for this year and it has chosen the theme A Hunger for Words. I've definitely had a hunger for words during this lockdown, Zara. I've been reading quite a lot.
I've got a pile of books that I have read so far during the unfortunate holidays of coronavirus. The first one I read, which I started reading before the break, was Grandpa's Great Escape by David Williams. It was such a good book. It was about a very confused grandpa, which used to be a pilot in the Royal Air Force. And he's got so confused over the years, he thinks it's still World War II and calls his grandson Squadron Leader. The second book I read was Witch Wars by Seabell Pounder. She also did other books like Bad Mermaids as well and sequels to Witch Wars. Witch Wars was such a great book. I really hope to read the next one. I also read a really good book which is called Applewell by Noel Stratfield. If you've read ballet shoes or theatre shoes or circus shoes or tennis shoes, you'd really love it. The one I'm reading now is called Train to Impossible Places by P.G. Bell. So far, it's been a really good book about a girl called Susie who gets on a train which goes to all sorts of impossible places. But on her first stop, which is at a castle, there's an evil witch that lives there that kidnapped someone and turned it into a frog and put it in a snowball. Next on my list is an ancient Greek mystery called Pirates of Poseidon and maybe after that Son of the Cyclops or Bad Mermaids or another Witch Wars. It's just too soon to make up my mind. What about you Zara? What have you been reading over this unfortunate holiday? Well I've read several books but my favourite book so far is unfortunately the book that you didn't like Rose. The book is called what Katie did. You're right, Zara. I didn't like it. I didn't like it because in the first chapter or so, it was like talking about someone dying and that's not fun. I really like how she matured whilst going through something bad. That's all for this week. I hope you enjoyed our show and thank you for listening.